Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How's it been going, Mark? It's been going well. Hey, you remember what last episode was? I do remember what last episode was. Our 100th episode. So this is 101. We keep going. And we're, you know, and uh, I think one of the one of the big themes that we had in the 100th episode was that we were going to keep going and that, you know, there was a lot that's new out there to discover. And I feel like going into this week, it was all about discovering the new the new things to talk about. Yeah. So, it's you know, as a programmer, um, you know, been at it for 30 plus years. And there's just lots new to learn. It's, you know, it's not like you have to go back to college to learn another programming language or another framework or, you know, the latest technology. It's just something that's that's baked in as part of the career as being a developer. One of the things I like the most, actually, is that that there's lots to learn and and you can learn as much or as little as, as, as you want. You can be really focused on something or you can kind of be more broad or somewhere in the middle. I, I would um, agree. It is one of the both best and worst things about being in this industry because it's all, it's great that there's always new stuff out there and that we're always pushing the envelope mm-hmm. and that we're always finding something new. And it's bad because sometimes you feel like you're just on this treadmill Yeah, and you have to keep running just to stay in place. Um, True. I, I, I felt that too. So yeah. it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Um, so, so what new have you learned this week? So interesting, um, my kind of pursuits of new things this week has led me to um, a no-code tool used in a slightly different way. Oh, interesting. So, um, so you're familiar with VoiceFlow? Yes. It's, VoiceFlow. It's, it's, it's huge. It's huge. It's incredibly popular out there. It's one of the, the best. I think people mostly see it as a design tool, though. Yeah, some, some people look at it as a design tool or uh, prototyping, um, but you can, you can use it to, to build uh, Alexa skills and, and you know, Google Actions, um, conversation apps for the time being. Um, and uh, you can deploy it and you can, so there's, there's lots that you can do with it. I know a number of the, the people that work at VoiceFlow, uh, people from their dev team and product teams, um, you know, kind of up and down the the org chart there at, at VoiceFlow, great, great group of people. So um, I heard about something that I, I hadn't heard about before, which was kind of interesting. And so I wanted to check it out. So with VoiceFlow, if you, if you haven't used it before, you create a, vo- a flow, kind of like a, a flow chart, kind of like a graphing tool. And you like, you say, this is this is the this intent comes in, and this is what you say back. And there's different code paths and logic, and you can do all kinds of things, right? So you can, yeah, prototype or or in this and you know, or if it gets to a certain point and it's not, um, you know, if, and it fits in within with with what you're trying to do uh, for your voice app, um, then you could use that as the. As, you know, handles all of your dialogue management, you know, the, the flow. If you say this, then you go to this, this branch. And if you say this, then you go. So, it, it, you know, it takes it all the way through that. So what's new and what's kind of cool about this is that there's a new API called the Dialogue Management API. And it's out uh, public. You can check that out on the developer docs. We'll have a link uh, for that in the video. But 
it's basically an API that you can call to initiate each turn of a conversation. And based on what you based on what you say, well, it starts out with a launch command uh -huh. to this API. So there's like an, a launch action, which would start the flow. And then the response that you get back is going to be any of the uh, text-to-speech or visual information that you would need to uh, to you know say back to the user. That comes back as the, as the as the response to the API. Go ahead. Right, and and these are things that you've built into the flow. You know, so so when yep. you're building the flow, you will say things like you know um, when this intent gets fired or when these phrases are fired. These are the the things that you will send back. You know, this is the state right. that changes, and here's what you'll send back to a client. Yeah, here's the text response or or, or the or, visual you know, response or, or whatever. Or the, the yeah. visual response. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then there's also a text action that is the phrase of what you said. So it doesn't take much to think about that that could be the engine for what you're building. And then it could be like, oh, I'm going to do a chat bot. So I'm going to do a web front end that whatever I type is going to get passed to this dialogue management API. Mm -hmm. It's going to come back. And this is the text of the chat box is going to say, say back. And you can write a chat bot or you can write a voice app or you well, can write so, an so IVR again, system or whatever. Yeah. So when we when we say in this case you can write a chat bot, what you're really saying is I can, you know, create a web page that that has a, a text input. And when whatever the user types there, uh, I will send it to this API. And whatever comes back, I will display in the in the the response field. Yes, it becomes your, your engine or the the core to what you're building, and you can put your client layer facade or whatever over top of what you know how you want to expose that. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it could be um, it could be a mobile app that you capture the microphone. It calls this API with the the text of what you said. You know, assuming that you're doing ASR on the client, for mm -hmm. example, and then it could call this API with what you said, and it will it would you know right. move the the flow to wherever it was in the next spot and say this is where you're at, this is the response, and it will get back. And so, um, it's interesting because you could have somebody like a designer design the whole flow in voice flow. It could start out as a prototype, and then you could build it to something more application ready, and then the dev team you know, ideally would, uh, could package that up in whatever client right, builds, it needed build, to be, but, but. Builds the but, front end however they need it to be. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so now, I mean, the, the interesting uh, thought to me is this is fantastic. And Dialogflow has a, a similar API to it. You know, they have uh, an API they call the Detect Intent API. Mm -hmm. And again, the same thing is you send whatever the user just did presumably what they just typed in or what they said or whatever, um, along with some, some state information that was handed back to you last time. And again, it hands back a response and some more state information that you'll hand back the next time. So, so that's interesting because there's two different APIs actually. Voiceful has a dialogue manager API that is stateful and one that is stateless. Oh, interesting. So it will manage the entire state for you? Yes. So, so if you're doing the state full API, then the inputs that you need is 
You need to know what the idea of the project is in VoiceFlow that you're going against. You need to have a unique user ID, but that's system defined, right? So like you could, if it's mm -hmm. a, um, a, a website, um, that's a, uh, let's say that the, the, the chat experience is, is something that shows up after login, then you would have right. to, then, then you would know what user or what GUID or whatever string you wanted to use to represent that user in the system. Right. Or if not, you, you create a, a GUID and store it in a cookie and. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. So there, there, there's lots of different things that you yeah. can do it. And, and yeah, so, and you, you know, you don't have to be logged in if you, if you didn't want to be, but there has to be something that represents this particular user so that they're, mm -hmm flow and state information is separate from somebody else's. Um, but that's it. You call the API with the action of launch, you get back the response. And then after that, it's the same, it's the same API call, but you would send it as action being text and you'd send the text, but the, all the other pieces of information that you need to know, you know, like, like I said, the voiceful project and the user ID, um, and that's it. And 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 VoiceFlow itself would keep track of the state. Um, if you wanted to do the stateless API, then it's kind of more like what you described with Dialogflow. You'll you'd pass the information initially. There is no state, but as part of the response, you'll get back the state that you mm -hmm. would manage and store someplace or round trip it or however you're going to do it. And then on the next request, you would send that state in. And then back, and it would come back, and that would that state is the thing that keeps track of where you are in the in the whole flow. Um, but the stateful API is pretty slick because very slick, yes. They worry they worry about that. So it's don't be confused. Is your client doesn't have to be stateful at all. It's voice flow is keeping track of the state based on the user ID and what project you're on. Very cool. Yeah. No, that's something that I, I will somehow after trying to find time to to look into more. <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, I haven't really pushed the boundaries, you know, and and, and seeing how you know dynamic it is, or you know, kind of where the edges are. Uh, but I think it's fairly new, and I just uh, discovered it uh, last week, and uh, and started you know looking at it over the weekend and into this week. And so uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny because it's it's no code, but as a developer, you could write code to write use, code to, use to, it, to yeah. wrap the wrap the no code, which is kind of cool. I like oh, it. Very very nice. How about, how about you? What's what you've been doing these days? Well, I've been uh, I've been relearning Android programming again with with the actions on Google Twist on top, um, yep. and it's been in some ways it's been um, fun because like, you know as we talked about it was it's it's new stuff that's building on top of stuff that I'm familiar with, right? Um, and on the other hand, some of it's uh, a little bit frustrating because there's new concepts that I that I thought I had a good mental model of. And, you know, when I go to try them out, they're not quite mesh. Or yeah. one of the challenges is that there's a lot of additional stuff that you need to plug in to your, your IDE every time you do something new. So it's also a matter of, okay, do I have the right Google libraries? Do I have the right... Android API platforms installed. Right, right. Um, actions, the, the, the app action module for Android Studio is an additional plugin, so I need to get that installed. Oh, and don't forget that I need to set up 
keys to upload things to the play store. And I need to make sure I've got an account oh. that will get on the play store. And that account should be the same account as the one that's, you know, my assistant is going to be using it. You know, so it's, it's a lot of little pieces. That those, those can sometimes be the most challenging thing yeah. that you're like, this isn't working. Why, why isn't this working? And sometimes you find something in the documentation. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just play with that. And you're like, oh, this has to be the same. Or I have to right. do this first and then I can do this. Or, yeah. You know, and some of it is, you know, there's one line in the documentation that, you know, in the, the step-by-step -step manual that just says, you know, now sign the keys. And it goes on. And you're like, signing the keys is a three-screen process. Yeah. If it's... <laughs> You can't dismiss it with just one line. Yeah, um, and, and if it's not something that you do all the time or this is your first time doing it, you're like, how do I sign those keys again? Right. I don't, oh. right. So you now know, you're off a, like trying to find, you're like, you're, you're, you want to go down this track and just get down here, but you have to like take all these little court, you know, kind of twists and turns. Of, I got to do this. Right. Okay, now one, I, I mean, one, one of the great things about hypertext systems is that we have links that go everywhere. And one of the downsides is that we have links that go everywhere. Go everywhere, yeah. And, you know, you you suddenly find yourself off in a rabbit hole where you're like, wait, why, how did I get here? And yeah. <laughs> um, did I really need to know all of this? And the answer in some cases is no, you didn't. In some cases it's yes, you did. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting parts though, is I was getting really frustrated about uh, going through this code lab and I had to stop and pause and say, you know, Five years ago, when I did the first code lab for what we now call conversational actions, there was a lot of following links and doing stuff that wasn't clear why you needed to do them. And a lot yeah. of, you know, just trust me and turn this on. Um, and later, <laughs> later, of course, you understand why you need to do that. Yeah. But right now, you just want to get something running. And yeah. why do I need to do, you know, why do I need to set up a key in Firebase? I, why? Um, so that's kind of where I am right now is working on, on little projects and taking it slow and just trying to make sure I really understand what I'm doing as I get into this. And, and as I try to do some, some cool ideas that I have and seeing, you know, just how how well I can start to approach those ideas. Yeah. You know, we well, only have, it's interesting. I only have a year to move everything over to this. So you yeah. got to get started somewhere. Yeah, that's true. And you, you kind of have to figure out the sooner you figure it out, then the more time you have to kind of, you know, play around with it and do something and then kind of evaluate if the approach that you took was, was it was the best approach or could you do something else that would, you know, make it better or save you time or something. Right. Um, and, you know, be able to, yeah. to, to show something and say, and, and talk to other people and say, here's what I did. And here's how I did it. And start getting feedback to say, well, look at this other way of doing it. You know, did you try this? Um, yeah. Here are the, here, here are the roadblocks I had. Oh, here are the roadblocks I had. How do we, you know, solve those problems? So it's it's a challenge, and some days it's frustrating. <laughs> um, but you know, small steps. I got to remember. I need to get past yeah. the the basic building blocks first. 
Yeah, no, and that's, you know, that's the same thing. Like, like I feel like in some ways with, with Jovo 4, I've had to start over and it's like, okay, where's the good example on how to do these different things? And you're like, well, that's this, this particular part's not out there. I guess I create it and, and kind of, you know, I, I figure it out and hopefully other people will right. take stuff that I did and, and, and be able to, to move faster and, and, and jump in quicker on it. You know, one of, one of the interesting things is uh, the, some of the code I ran, I go and compile it and it tosses up a bunch of errors. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can there be errors for this? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I just, I literally just copied someone else's code out of GitHub. How yeah. can there be errors on this project? So I go back to the repository and sure enough, somebody else opened up two issues, identifying the problems and provided the code fixes. Yep. So, you know, Google just hasn't gotten around to, to incorporating those fixes yet, but it was right there for me to look at and I understood what they were doing and I plugged them in and it worked. So that's, that's the nature of community that I think is, is wonderful in what we do and how we, how we approach these sorts of things. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I also um, agree that the company that's providing the tools or the APIs can go a long way to making things easy as well. So um, the, the documentation um, for this voice flow dialogue management stuff has, this is how you do it in the shell. And if I use curl or if I use uh, HTTP pi, HTTP, I, I haven't ever used that one. This is what the code will look like for Node or for Ruby or PHP or Python, or I don't know, they've got like 20 other languages that they've got. And they have a they have the API there and and a, and a node that says try it out and I'm and the part that I was, I was that I was stuck on actually that took in some ways longer was I needed some authorization key but the project that I had um, I didn't have the access to an authorization key and so I, I I'm like help I. Your documentation says go here to get the key, and that field isn't on that page. Like, oh, you don't have the right authorization for this project. Um, I had kind of snuck around it though, because I was trying to work on a specific project that somebody else had done. Um, and I had created a, an account just for me. And so I I did have access to that key there. And so I was like, uh, actually, I had. Uh, before they gave me access, I had exported the project and imported it into, into, into my account. And then I had, but right there on the webpage, I could put in the form, I could click the try it button, you know, edit the, the, the field values. I could see the JSON request. I what? could see the JSON response coming back. I'm like, whew. One of right the great there. thing. Yeah. One of the great things about Google used to have something they called the Google API playground yeah. where you would go and you could bring up any of Google's APIs and any of the calls in the APIs. And it would just bring up a form that said, here are all the possible fields, fill them in. And when you, you click run, it says, log in and permit us to do this for you. And it would run it and it show you, you know, what the request looks like and what the response looks like. And you're like, well, okay. What if I go tweak this sort of thing? And you go tweak that and you see what the new JSON looks like. And you're like, well, hmm, the documentation says that the field needs to be in this particular format. What does that mean? And when you go fill out the fields, it only lets you fill in that format or it's got yeah. widgets that 
lets you click and behind the scenes, it generates that format for you. So you can see what it looks like. Um, so yeah, enabling things like that makes it so much easier to learn how to use an API. Yeah, I, I was just surprised at how, how easy it was. It, there was definitely a learning curve overall and I was kind of incorporating. Um, well, I, I think- I, I had a web, a web project that kind of did voice and stuff and took some of the stuff. And so I was trying to incorporate it into an existing project to make kind of like a, a quick, you know, tap to talk assistant sample um, using a voice flow project. And you know, I think overall it took me about five hours to, to do, but that's like learning the API, trying to figure out like, well, how do I even test this out? Um, and it was probably like 250 lines of code total on, you know, I, I had some stuff that I, I, I brought over and was able to reuse, but the new code that I wrote was probably only about 250 lines. Yeah. So lots of interesting exploration to, to kick off our 101st episode. <laughs> um, I'm sure we're going to be doing a lot more. I'm looking forward to, to exploring what's out there. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, it's a great time to, to invite you to, to go ahead and share what, what you're learning. Um, if you got questions, let us know what your questions are, but also let us know what the, are the types of things that you're learning uh, kind of in, in the voice world. It might be something that's new to you or a new discovery on something that you've been doing for a long time. Yeah. And as always, you can uh, share with us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, in the comments below, find us at Voice Lunch or My Office Hours. We are always happy to hear what you're doing and we will see you another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. See you later, Alan. You too, Mark.